Good afternoon, patriots. You are tuned into Living with Liberty, your source for common sense and truth. I am your host, Ryan. Today we'll talk about in-group bias. I have a new Ryan's Rants. And I'll end with an update on my town's first in-person school board meeting since November of last year. Next, on Living with Liberty. In-group bias. I'd venture a guess we have all experienced both ends of it, but maybe didn't realize it at the time or even know what name to put to it. In-group bias is the tendency for people to give preferential treatment to others who belong to the same group that they do. Now, it can be pretty damaging if we do not recognize the existence of in-group bias. Some in-group bias may help us bond with others. An example might be a shared interest rooting for the same baseball team. Now, to me, this is relatively harmless. You have a stadium full of people, 30,000, 40,000 people, who all have the same bias towards the same team. You bond over that. I don't see that as a, as a huge deal at all. Now, where in-group bias gets damaging is when we don't recognize it and we start showing prejudice to those outside of our group and favoritism to only those who are inside our group. Because in-group bias is not necessarily something we immediately recognize, it can be easily weaponized. It can just kind of creep in and we don't even notice it. Just look at the sorry state of our current affairs. And this first example is going to be one of those where I think we immediately recognize it, but just hear me out on this one. Now, dear leader Biden and company have been trying for the six months of their sham administration, truthfully longer, to create this in-group, out-group dynamic on several different fronts. One of those fronts is those who have chosen to be vaccinated against COVID versus those who have chosen to remain unvaccinated. Now, how many politicians and elites and media buffoons have we heard come out in support of or have even implemented things like vaccine passports and other special privileges? Flash your passport, you get to go to a Broadway show. Get the jab, you get entered into a lottery for million-dollar drawing. They've been offering those for those who get jabbed. Hell, the CDC's own guidelines are creating in-groups and out-groups with the guidance they have given that uh, the vaccinated people are free to live without their muzzles while those dirty holdout anti-vaxxers must stay muzzled. They are creating in-groups and out-groups whereby those in the vaccinated in-groups are being given favor versus those out-group members who are choosing to not get vaccinated. They are driving this dynamic of in-group bias. And we see it day-to-day in how the those who have gotten vaccinated choose to treat those who are unvaccinated. I had uh, a quick example I know uh, my my uh, hairstylist, who also does nails, one of her clients said, I can't see you anymore because I'm vaccinated and you're not. It, and it's a direct relation to this crap right here where they, the government and the media 
and the elites are creating in-group, out-group bias, where now there's a prejudice against those who choose to remain unvaccinated. Now, those in government, as buffoonish as they are, understand this dynamic of in-group bias and have been weaponizing it. Here's further proof. How much do we hear about white supremacy these days and the existential threat it is to our nation? The Biden regime is attempting, I say attempting, to create a divide along racial lines in this country in order to secure the Democrats' power in perpetuity. There's been no proof offered that white supremacy is an existential threat to our country. There's been no proof given that this is the number one thing we should be concerned about as a nation. But by continually using this divisive rhetoric, the regime is trying to, and in some cases, for those who don't go and check facts, who don't go and check alternative sources, who don't look at the actual numbers, they are demonizing all white people. Well, hold on a second. They are doing their best to demonize the white people who voted for Trump. And I think, you know, to a certain degree, you can extend that to all people who voted for Trump because now and then they flip back to Trump voters, which is encompassing of just about everybody, uh, not everybody, but any, uh, you know, any and all races in this country. They're, every, you know, we had the, the, call it the rainbow of people that voted for Trump. The Democrats, the Biden administration, are creating an in-group with those who are non-white and an out-group of those who are white. That is what they're trying to do here. And I'll say this, it's an out-group of those who are white and Trump voters. Because right for right now, the Democrats think that since they are the ones in control of this, that they are going to be spared uh, being relegated to the out-group of white people. The Democrats' goal here, and it even seems some Republicans who appear to be disinterested in speaking out against what is happening and who were more than uh, more than willing to speak out or speak in favor of the sham impeachment once Trump was out of office, their goal here is to keep the people within their own racial groups, keep us divided, thus showing favoritism to only those in their own group and causing strife when there's intergroup conversation and maybe conflict, causing bigger strife than, than what might be in the normal discourse of, of a normal conversation you might have with somebody of another group. Their goal here is to create those in-groups and out-groups. The Democrats are weaponizing the concept for their own gain because they know if they keep us separated in our groups and not talking to each other, we are less of a threat to no threat to their power grab. The Democrats are using in-group bias to get everyone mad at each other so they can continue with their destruction of our republic while we the people are distracted by our differences that no one can do anything about. Now, true to form, the Democrats are approaching this from a severely short-sighted angle. What they are missing is they are also demonizing when they broaden this out to Trump voters, all the Latinos and Blacks who voted for Trump this go-round. 
they think right now by them being able, uh, by the Democrats creating this in-group of non-whites, they are going to sway those black and Latino Trump voters back to the Democrat Party, or maybe some cases to the Democrat Party, because they've created this in-group of non-whites. There's a reason black and Latino voters voted for Trump in record numbers. And the Democrats are only validating that reason more and more with their continued radical agenda agenda and push to separate the people into their racial groups and keep them mad at each other. People are smart. They will catch on. And I'll say this, one of two things happens. People continue to catch on and the Democrats are forced to back down, or this thing gets way out of control like it already is, even more so if you can imagine that. And these in-group, the in-group of Blacks and Latinos realize that, hey, what are these white Democrats doing here? And they go after them and push them to the out-group as well. That's what the Democrats don't think about here when they do this kind of garbage. They don't think about anything down the line. Their concern is for what keeps me in power. What can I do that immediately keeps me in power and keeps me uh, having sway over the people? They don't think about the fact that they've, they're creating these groups and that at some point this is going to come for them as well and they too will be pushed into that outgroup. It's time for another Ryan's Rants. Today's rant, the Biden administration is opening the doors to the UN racism investigators. What right does the UN have to go sticking its nose in American business? What right do our own elected officials have to go and request what amounts to an investigation by a political entity that is not accountable to the American people. Absolutely none. There is no reason for this at all other than the continued propaganda by the Biden puppet state to paint America in the worst possible light to the rest of the world. Plus, the UN entity that would oversee this investigation, the Human Rights Council, is a complete sham. Listen to this who's who list of countries that are on the council who actually believe in the complete opposite of human rights and freedom and liberty. China, Cuba, Russia, Venezuela. Why are these countries even eligible to be elected to this fake council in the first place? These are the countries that are going to have a say over perceived human rights abuses and cases of racism and in this investigation Biden wants done? This is like the IRS assembling a group of tax evaders to run its audits. The UN is not a serious body and should not be taken as such. In case you are wondering, the America is racist is a racist country propaganda doesn't stop at our borders. It makes its way into UN resolutions. America's favorite bar band tour member, who moonlights as Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, said this, The administration welcomes the UN Human Rights Council's approval 
of a resolution to address systemic racism against Africans and people of African descent in relation to law enforcement. Now, two problems here. One, against Africans, the Africans I know that come here, come here, work hard, become things like doctors and lawyers. And they have enough sense to, to if they have a run-in with law enforcement, to be respectful and, and do what they're told. And the other piece here is the systemic racism. Give me a break. It's, that's already been debunked. And how about this instead? Instead of focusing on a country that has done and continues to do more than every other country on this planet combined to combat inequality and racism, we focus on resolving to address the systemic oppression and human rights abuses in places like China, Cuba, Russia, and Venezuela. That won't happen, though. You know why? Those countries already have in place the types of government the elites want. That's why there's never any resolutions to solve anything in these countries. That's why there's fake outrage against Cuba. That's why we don't tell China to go piss off. And don't talk to us until you fix your human rights abuses. Because they already are doing the things that the elites want done. They are already dancing to the right tune as far as the global elites are concerned. Trampled rights. Check. Corporate oligarchies. Check. Hate America and everything it stands for, check. Killing off deplorables, check. Why should we take anything seriously that comes out of the UN? Why should we listen to the UN? We shouldn't. That's the simple answer. That's the right answer. And we need to fight to have eliminating our involvement in the UN as part of the conservative agenda. We need that in our agenda going forward. Get out of the UN. It's a sham. It's useless. This idea of global bodies needs to end. That's my rant for today. Okay, finishing up today, I'll finish with a quick update on my school district's first in-person school board meeting since last November. Now, it was great to see. We had a great presence of fed-up parents and concerned and fed-up community members there. And this turnout was so great that the perpetually unhappy members of our community, a.k.a. the liberals, were pretty much relegated to the back corner of, of the meeting room, and only a couple of them opted to speak. Now, most of the community comments from the fed-up parents and concerned community members centered on keeping CRT out of our schools. Truthfully, it needs to be pushed out of our schools. It's already there in some form or fashion. But the people spoke up against it, saying it needs to go and it needs to not be allowed in, in our schools. And it doesn't matter what form it takes because we all know the language games that are being played. Now, of course, one of the uh, perpetually unhappy took it upon themselves to scold us racists in the room for daring to speak out against CRT and our district hiring and speaking out against the district hiring a director of equity. The board president had to remind her to direct her comments to the board as per the rules of public comment and not to the citizens in the room because as she stood up and spoke, she wasn't facing the board. She was basically facing everybody else in the room and, and scolding us and telling us how bad we were. It didn't matter. 
she just continued her rant facing the board as opposed to us citizens still calling us racist still railing against why we don't want crt in in uh, in our schools and truthfully i would have loved to just go back and play the tape for her and say this is why we don't want it in our schools look at how you're acting <laughs> you're not making any sense now the other person that chose to spoke to speak actually made a couple of good points when they spoke, a couple of points I would agree with. She brought up a point about teaching American history in a neutral fashion. Yes, we all can agree with that. Good, bad, ugly, otherwise, that's how it needs to be taught. It's all part of our history. So she actually made some points that I would agree with. But, and there's always the but, she then lost any credibility when she started rambling on about how no one else that looked like her will show up to the meetings because they are intimidated and how she is also so intimidated and, af intimidated and afraid to be there. Now, of course, this whole statement she made was conjecture. There was nothing of substance in anything she said that to back it up at all. And it, considering both and considering the rules, uh, it actually took a quite a bit for me not to speak out against either of them and their nonsensical rants. Maybe next time we'll see, I, you know, I kind of wanted to follow the rules and not get thrown out of our first, uh, our first uh, uh, in-person school board meeting the first time back. And, you know, I, there was other things that we, I need to pay attention to there. So I didn't want to get thrown out first time back, but from what I understand, it's this was uh, out of both those individuals. It was the same thing that they've always say that they always talk about, uh, that they're always posting. So maybe next time we say something, we'll see. Now, out of these two rants, I did a little social experiment as I went out uh, to the store later in that week or last week, I should say, since. Speaker 2 thinks we have a big intimidation problem in our community. Now, what I did is I tried to make contact, eye contact with anyone, and let's put this in quotes here, with anyone that doesn't look like me. Because based on the inference made by the speaker, the second speaker at the meeting, me being a 6'1 white dude, should be sending all of those who don't look like me scattering in fear and intimidation. Now, guess what my little social experiment revealed? That a smile and a wave or a hello or a head nod gets reciprocated, generally speaking. Nobody dove for the exits as I was coming. No one turned around and headed in the opposite direction as me. They reciprocated my greeting or smile. Imagine that. Be nice to people, they'll be nice to you. There's no intimidation. In, in this community whatsoever. Nobody's buying this crap here. And that's why this conjecture can no longer go without being spoken against. You can't have one person speaking for a whole community of people. That's, it's just plain untruthful. Now, I also spoke at this meeting, and I plan to at all future meetings I attend. I've been regularly emailing. We have a and this might be a good idea for you guys to push with, with your school boards. We, uh, while we were doing virtual meetings, we had what's called a board comments where you send uh, an email to this uh, email address and it gets posted with, with the uh, meeting agenda. Now, 
what they weren't doing is reading these board comments as part of the meeting. Uh, we did have one school board member who, to his credit, he he took, pulled a couple and started reading these letters from uh, from the, the community, which needs to be done. Our voices needed to be heard. But they're keeping the board comments also in the future. So I'll email that too and post them up there, especially when I can't attend a meeting. These boards need to hear from us in all forms or fashion, whether it be emailing the boards directly, in our case, emailing the board members and the board comments. So the board comments get published out there for everybody to see, something you can go and look at. This is our moment to put the pressure on them to do what we see right as our community to do what we want done in our schools. I want to give you the watch out I gave to our school board as we close today's show. Now, I'm not going to read. It was three. I have my three minutes there. I took all three minutes and then some. I'm just going to boil down that three minutes to two key topics here for you, or two, uh, two uh, um, key watch outs, let's call it. Now, as I've covered on previous shows, our district is undergoing scrutiny from our state education bureaucracy for the supposed pervasive culture of racial harassment and racism in our community. And because of that, because our uh, our slanted education bureaucracy uh, decided we were guilty of this, our district had to submit to said state education bureaucracy a corrective action plan. Now, part of that plan is that we undergo two audits. One's a discipline audit, and the other is an equity audit. Well, our underhanded school superintendent and his administration picked two auditors and did not give our school board a chance to review either one in depth to get any information and provide input into whether we should be moving ahead with them as auditors or not. Part of that is because our school board is so hands-off, they're letting our, our, our superintendent run rampant instead of being what they should be. And that's a corporate oversight board of what the school administration is doing. They are our voice in the schools. They are responsible to us and they are responsible for providing the oversight to the school board and, or to the school district. And our board by and large is failing at that. So it's no wonder that our our slithery, snaky superintendent decided he could just pick two auditors and he wouldn't get any pushback. Now, of course, neither auditor is going to be anywhere near an, an, an impartial or objective observer. So I brought that to the attention of the board with words of warning to ignore any and all recommendations that come from either one that are not from a position of an unbiased objective viewpoint. I want you all to be aware of who these auditors are because they are going around and ruining school districts everywhere. Truthfully, I believe I mentioned them previously, but it never hurts to mention them again to keep it fresh in your mind so we can continue to fight to beat back this garbage ideology that is CRT and all of its offshoots and what other, other, what other flowery words they want to put to them. We got to beat this back. It's taking over our schools. We need to take our own schools back. Now, the first one of these auditors is Dan Lawson, a BLM sympathizer, maybe activist. He is an activist of sorts, as I look in his Twitter file profile. 
He looks like a part-time UCLA professor who heads up the Civil Rights Project at UCLA. I called our board's attention to his Facebook post from a BLM rally on June 4th, 2020, where he advocated for removing police liaison officers from schools in preference of more social workers and uh, things of that nature that aren't police officers. As well as I called attention to his narrow scope of work that does not consider the broader picture nor unintended consequences. The other auditor is Integrated Comprehensive Systems for Equity, or ICS Equity. I know them as the word salad, uh, word salad titled company that you put all those words together, they mean absolutely nothing. Now, they have been ruining school districts all over the country as well. The Asheville, North Carolina school district spent well over $100,000 to go from having the fifth largest achievement gap between white and black students when ICS started with them to the largest achievement gap after a three-year engagement. So they got worse. Another local school district here in Wisconsin halted all of their equity work that ICS had helped them develop and get started because the achievement gaps kept growing year to year, and the students were feeling a declining sense of belonging. Now, I closed my remarks by reminding the board again about ensuring the objectivity of the findings before implementing any of them and urged caution on the board's part before proceeding to move ahead with anything these auditors told them to do. I also brought to their attention that the corrective action plan uh, that was approved by our state bureaucracy lacked any time bounding around when findings needed to be implemented. The corrective action document only said that our district would create a plan around implementing findings. It never said when we had to do that, and when we had to implement those recommendations by. Truthfully, it didn't even say that we had to take those recommendations and implement them. Now, my speech to the board seemed to have been well-received. My wife, she, she you know, <laughs> in group bias there maybe, right? But, you know, I'll take her word. She's, she's pretty honest with me. My wife said the board was hanging on my words, and a few were even taking notes. I'll take that as a message received and thoughtful consideration uh, may be given to what I had to say in relation to our audits and the results that may stem from them. These are the things we have to be on the lookout for. Who our school districts are hiring as consultants and auditors, what they are going to, what those auditors stand for, what they're going to be uh, telling our school district to implement. We need to be looking out for what loopholes there are and things like a corrective action plan that, be can, that can be used to bog down a witch hunt like this. Now, all this, it takes time to accomplish, but it is time well spent if it keeps our school boards aware of the potential to biased results and it helps keep the divisive teaching out of our school. It is time well spent. We have to keep fighting so our kids can be kids. Friends, that's my show for today. Thank you for listening. Please check out my website, livingwithlibertypodcast.com. There you'll find links to my past shows, 
my original articles, as well as other resources to help arm you with knowledge in fighting off the prevailing narratives of the day. While on my website, treat yourself to something new by shopping my store, Living with Liberty Outfitters. Lastly, I'd be so grateful if you subscribed to the show and left a positive review, should your listening platform allow. Subscribing helps us move up the charts, and it helps more people find the truth. I appreciate you spending part of your day with me. Please help us spread the truth by sharing my show and website with friends and family, as well as on your social media accounts. My website is livingwithlibertypodcast.com. Also, let's connect. Follow me on Parlor and Gab. My handle on both is at livingwithliberty. You can also go to the contact page of my website and email me or follow the links there to my social media pages. Liberty isn't a given. We must fight to protect it. Working together, we will do exactly that. Until next time.